podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you with the cooperation of the SJ Network. If you're a person who needs a publicist and you want to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. Hey, Dudley. This week's guest in the Sherpa screening room is director Mark Morales. Do you think he'll cast me in his next movie? Well, Henry, you never know. People in Hollywood are always looking for the next big thing. The last time I was the next big thing was when I won a nose picking contest. Maybe you shouldn't lead with that. And don't shake his hand right away. Attention, rebels of the Sherpolution. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We would like to give you a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial simply by heading to www.audibletrial.com Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles of audiobooks and podcasts, including this one, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, the one and only Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa chalet. As a reminder, you can only bring one mountain lion at a time on the elevator. Coming to you from Sherpa Chalet in beautiful downtown Mount Podcastia, it's time for entertainment interviews in the Sherpa screening room. Grab an aisle seat and a bucket of popcorn, but don't crunch too loud or you'll miss the show. Now, he's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Hey there, Rebels. You've heard that familiar music, and you know where you are now. It's time for the Sherpa Screening Room. Now, if it's Wednesday, you are probably listening on one of your favorite podcast apps or maybe Sherpolution.com. That's my website where you can find everything you need to find to listen to all the episodes of the show. But if it's Friday, 8.30 a.m., and you just happen to be on Channel 1 of the Helium Radio Network... Well, hello there, and welcome to the show, because maybe you've never heard the show before, but I think you're in for a treat, because you know why. It's the Sherpa Screening Room, and this is the Too Many Podcast episodes where I get to speak to folks from the entertainment industry, and today, I do just that. I will be speaking to director Mark Morales, so we're going to get to know him and hear about his upcoming projects. Really nice guy, he's got an interesting background and a cool story, and I had a lot of fun talking to him, had a lot of laughs as well. So have a listen to my conversation with Mark Morales. Welcome to the Sherpa Screening Room. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Now, you were originally a New York kid who went to California, who ended up in Texas. <laughs> That's right. It's exactly. It was grew up in New York at the age of 35, went to California for five years, came back to New York, went to Jersey for about mm, two years so I could save some money. And then ended up in Texas. There you go. You originally said that you uh, you came from a theater background. Absolutely. All theater. Uh, ran a theater company called Edge of Insanity in New York. Downtown theater on East 4th Street. It was called Horse Street Theater Group. Yeah, we. Um, I started doing theater writing and I had a... Basically, yeah, it was called um, Edge of Insanity. We had... With, I ran it with... Carrie O'Donnell, she was our producer at the time. We were a smaller company, but we worked for Horse Trade Theater Group. So basically what we would do is we work things out in trade. So we would help build sets and work in the office. And in return, we would get theater space and 
when we wrote a show, you know, they help they help produce our show, and in return, you know, we would split the box office. That's where basically I did all my writing for a few years was under Edge of Insanity and Horse Trade Theater Group. So yeah, so we wrote plays like Galaxy Video was like the first one. I believe that was published, and that on to who picked that up? Oh, University of Northridge in California. Yay, picked that one up. I got to go there and see it. And then a few other places too. There was a place in Atlanta, high school in Atlanta had picked it up. And I think there was a place in Indiana, I believe. I don't know. So that's, yeah. So the answer yes. It, it's a theater background started out there. Was it purely writing or did you act as well? Before all of that, I started acting in improv groups and I danced with a company for a few years also called Danceworks. I never considered myself a dancer. Uh, <laughs> I knew I could, I could act like I could dance. So I could pull it off, but um, so I did that. And then with the improv group, you know, I also did some stand up. but really it was writing. Writing was, uh, I'm going to look at it, but I'm going to say it. it's writing is always came first. It's what I love. It's what I can't stop doing. I hope I never stop. Sometimes it gets real nuts. And I'm like, what is this? It's like a drug. It won't go away. Stop. It's like voices. Stop talking to me. Um, so the way I look at it, it's writing first, directing, and then acting if I have to. If someone doesn't show up for something, then I'll step in and take a role. So what made you decide that you wanted to direct? Directing came from, in the very beginning, just, I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't very confident of what I was writing. So in my mind, no one else can understand this. Um, I can't let it go. Someone's going to think it's stupid and whatever. I'm the only one who understands it. So I'm going to control this. But then... It was after I um, I had seen someone else direct something. I see video, the, the, the play I wrote that got published. When I went to Northridge in California to go see it, I'm sitting there. It's the first time I'm going to watch someone else direct my work. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what are they going to do? And I watch. I'm like, oh, how do they understand this? This is the way, but this is what it should look. They never saw it. And I went up to the director. I'm like, how did you? And she was like, it's what you wrote. Do you understand? <laughs> it's what you, and then at that point I was like, oh, Okay, so as long as I'm very clear in what I'm writing, other people are going to see it too. And yes, yeah, so I don't have to really direct anymore, but I still enjoy doing it. I don't think I've written anything yet that I let anyone do first. I haven't done that yet, but um, I'm willing to. I'm willing to. If someone's like, hey, write me, I'm like, here you go, take it. You know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Toxic Avenger, like Troma Studios. They, if you go on their website, he's always looking for a script. That, you know, what's his, Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman? He's, you know, it's in the website. It's like, oh, looking for new scripts that I can direct something. So actually I'm writing something. I had written something and I'm, now I'm just fine tuning it. And I'm like, I'll just send it. I don't care. I don't care if I get paid. I just, it'd be kind of cool to have him direct something. See if he likes it and see where it goes from there. I do that a lot too. I like giving things away. I just get in my girlfriend yells. She's like, you gotta stop that. And I'm just like, whatever, just send it. I guess when you're writing too, you have a vision of what it would look like on camera, on the screen. You, you know, I guess you get you get attached to that vision, and I guess that's probably why you know why a writer would easily want to direct. It's kind of like a next natural step in the process. Right. Absolutely, yeah. But then at some point, you have to realize that you know you got to be you have to be open for other for other right. opinions and other suggestions because if if not, I'm not 100 percent right. You know, my vision is 100 percent right. I've seen, I've, I wrote things, I gave them to actors. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, the character is supposed to sound like this. And then some actor read it another way. And I'm like, oh, that was wonderful. Thank you. I would never have thought about that. And <laughs> thank you so much. 
So yeah, I'm always open. I'm, you know, for me at least, in my opinion, you have to leave yourself open and to for other to just to listen to other people and see right. where they're going to come from and what they can give you because yeah, it's just going to make your stuff better. When I was younger, I was like, no, you don't know anything. You don't understand. You don't know how my stuff works. But now I'm like, what do you got? Just tell me, please. What do you need? What makes it better? What do you think will make it better? I would stand on a mall and take surveys from people if you let me. <laughs> Read that. Okay. Now, what did you think? That's great. We didn't seem to that work for you. That character's good. That's wonderful. And especially this being your first movie too, I guess you want to hear from experienced people who can say, you know what, if we can do it this way and make it look better, even though, you know, you might be thinking of it another way. Absolutely. It's like my DP, Chris, I, I call him up and like, can we do this? Or can we do something like this? Or what do you think of this? Or what do you, you have any suggestions? Is this, and, he, and he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I can do this. Or yes, that can be done with this and this and that. I'm like, oh, and my mind, like I said, I know nothing about it. So all of a sudden he's filling me in with things. I'm like, so my mind starts to expand even more. I'm like, oh, this is great. Oh my, I didn't know I could do this. And then sometimes I'll pick up the scripting and I go, well, I didn't know I could do that. I wonder if I could do this. And all of a sudden I add something that's ridiculous. And they're like, no, <laughs> you can't. I'm like, all right, great. Just needed to know. Just needed to know, you know. The more the merrier, just keep telling me things, you know, they have to make sense though. It just can't, you know, it can't be just like, why don't you have an alien come out of the water? And like, what's, what is that? You know, that's, that's, that's a whole nother story. No. <laughs> but if I have two characters and this character saying this, and this character saying this, and you know, they're basically saying the same thing. And if you look at it and go, why don't you just take those two characters and make them one? Why don't you do that? Because that's what I ended up doing with 521 North Main Street. That script's been through so many rewrites. But the one we're going with now, it's, I think I knocked off two or three characters because, you know, I'm like, well, he's saying the same thing he's saying. And she's saying the same thing she's saying. So take them out and just add, you know, the other lines to this one. This one, like, it's the same person. Everyone's, you know, so, and that's, and it also helps out too. I'm like, now it feels better. It feels more balanced. Where before it was like, oh, something's off. It's not right. But yeah, sometimes you got to take away things. Sometimes like people say, oh, I need this script. Someone once said the script is a hundred something page. You're like, yeah, it would look better at 80, 85. And I was like, what do you mean? 85 page? You know how many pages that is to knock off? How can I do that? No, this script is next thing I know, the script's down to 85 pages. And I'm like, I didn't know I could do this. Okay, it makes sense now. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yes. Because sometimes you repeat things in the script. It's like they already set down page 10. They don't need to say this again. It's almost like sitting in a room with people when they have nothing to talk about. So they just start talking and you're like, God, just shut up. You know, just they're talking just to talk. That same thing happens in my scripts. I'm like, this person's talking just to talk. No need to talk anymore. Don't even need you in the script anymore. See you later. You know, so. All right. So who were uh, some of your early movie influences before Mm -hmm. uh, you started? I know you said you were a big fan of 80s horror. Oh, I love 80s horror. Yeah. I th- the biggest for me at the time, I think it was an American World from London that just threw me because it was just funny. Like my mom is a horror, back in the day was like a true horror person. She would like stay up late and watch this with me. But so we'd watch these horrifying horror films. <laughs> but with an American World from London, it was just different. It was just phenomenal. There was, first of all, there was the, the music. It had this great soundtrack going for it. And then it was funny. It was just like, oh my God, I- I'm laughing. Why am I laughing? This isn't, this isn't a horror film. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, all horror breaks loose and all hell breaks loose. And you're like, oh, 
boy, that was really bloody and that's gross and that's, but it's funny. How does this happen? How do you find the balance? So I think for me, it was that one right there that just started it. You know, it was like, there's a comedy and there's a horror side. It's kind of like a Reese's peanut butter cup. The chocolate and peanut butter go well. They, they, they go great together. So it was like a puzzle, man. Like I need to find this medium. This is where I want to be. That's how it was. And then you have movies like A Nightmare on Elm Street that do it very well too. I mean, like going into the third one where Freddie's kind of just like really quick and witty and funny. Like, you know, they balance it very, very well for me. So it's like a challenge. I'm like, okay, it's great. Sure. And even like a movie like Scream where, oh. they, you know, they're, they're poking fun at horror movies, but there's a killer in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Scream's great. I call it, what do I call it? It's like bubblegum horror. It's for everyone. It's fun. It's harmless. It's great. You know, it's gory, but it's so much. It's so wonderful at the same time. And yeah, Scream isn't going to really offend anyone. I, the way I see it, it's not like Last House on the Left, where it's like, oh boy, I was, <laughs> whoa, what was that? You know, but yeah, Scream's fun. I like Scream. Why don't you talk a little bit about 521 North Main Street? Because that is the movie that you are currently involved in and that you will be directing and that you wrote? 521 with Main Street. Well, we start filming in January of 2022. We were supposed to do it in April, but we got sidetracked last April. We got sidetracked by COVID. So um, 521 North Main Street is about a group of wannabe ghost hunters or call it the entity explorers. And they know they'll never find ghosts and they're good with it. So their thing is they're just like a reality TV show and they figured out the recipe to make a great reality TV show which is in their opinion is to just keep witty banter going with each other and then leave it all to your editor at the end to cut it up like a, like a Judd Apatow film. And then you get some good comedy. So um, that's what they do. They just go on these little adventures never think they're going to find anything. Um, so at one point they talk about going to new Orleans and they don't find a ghost, but they end up finding a jambalaya recipe and they're good with that. And they talk about going to Seattle at one point to go someplace called the Shang, Shanghai Tunnels. I believe those are a real place. They're investigating that, but they ended up finding a voodoo donuts on the corner, which they were so great with. So um, this time they go to the Clown Hotel, which is a very real place in Tonopah, Nevada. You can go online, you can check it out, and you can go on Amazon Prime and find a lot of movies called the Clown Motel. That's why we're calling ours 521 North Main Street because that's the address of the Clown Motel. So this group ends up going there and accidentally conjure up the spirits of these, um, ends up conjuring up three demons that come in the form of clowns and basically just all hell breaks loose for them. It really does. So we're mixing the comedy together. We're mixing the horror and we're bringing back a very old school thing with special, um, with um, practical effects and not so much CGI. So we're going old school like John Carpenter's The Thing, or um, An American World for London, which I've mentioned, or there's another great movie called um, Night of the Demons, which is awesome. And of course, Chopping Mall with Kelly Maroney. Thumbs up for Kelly Maroney. And of course, Night of the, Night of the Comet, which is another great thing. So yeah, so we're going old school with that. I have a great special effects person named Sergio Guerrera, who was on season one of Face Off. We both love 80s horror. So yeah, like he always says, like, so we're going to make a movie that basically just the two of us kind of like, I'm like, yeah, that's what we're going to try. So yeah, so that's what we're doing. I'm wondering if maybe there's so many clown motels, maybe there's going to be like a chain of them, like Motel 6s or something like that. Oh my God. I <laughs> could probably do it. I went ahead when I first spoke to him about it, we had a conversation. His thing, he kept saying this, he just wanted to create a production house. He wanted 
the clown motel to become basically a place where people just came to shoot movies. You can go there and stay in a room, but he really wanted to turn it into, um, yeah, a huge production place where you just come and film movies and which is happening. That's why there's so many movies called the clown motel, things like that, because people are just basically just pulling up, signing contracts and making their film. So when you, have you, you haven't cast the movie yet, right? Oh, everything is done. Oh, yeah, okay. we're, like I said, we're just sitting on our butts right now waiting to go shoot. Okay. Yeah, everyone's cast, everything. Everything's ready to go. I mean, yeah, we're just hanging out. Are there any actors in the cast that we might know or a lot of them newcomers? Oh, if you're asking me if there's anyone in a, in, in a major motion picture that we have cast, like Al Pacino, right. no, we do not have Al Pacino or Beverly D'Angelo or <laughs> anyone or, yeah, cast in our film. Not even Anthony Michael Hall, unfortunately. But no, <laughs> but I guess, you know, a lot of our actors have a lot of credits behind them. And I know so many of them locally, they're just like, oh, did you see it? And I'm like, what? I don't never saw that movie or never saw this. And like, that's a local film. And your actor was saying, I'm like, oh, okay. So locally they're known, but no, there is no big star coming in. There was never a big, big star. There was maybe a C-lister that we had at one point that we lost at the last minute because of cash negotiations or whatever. So we lost that one, which was cool, which was cool. And um, somebody had read the script at one point and their manager got involved and there was talk. Then I was just sitting there having a talk with the manager going, I know this, I can't, it's my first film. I, I can't do this. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And to bring this on top of, that's, a, that's another responsibility to bring in this person. And then you got to bring in, you got to get involved with, you know, the union also, because we're a non-union film. So it was just adding more and more layers on top of things. I'm like, for a first time director, I don't think I need all of this extra weight on top of me because, you know, things are going to happen anyway. So I don't need to add any more. So, Yeah. So that one too, I was like, I guess not. It's okay. But I never wrote the script anyway with any of these people in mind. It wasn't, I just wrote a script. Things just fell into it. It's like, oh, I wonder if I could ever get this person if I wanted to. And all of a sudden, you know, you reach out and things happen. It was like, yeah, be careful what you wish for. Things can happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess sometimes if you don't have that big name in the cast, the other cast members don't have to worry about really being outshined by someone just because of their name. You know, they, they get to bring something new to the screen. Like, oh, did you see me in this? You know? That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And it also, everyone in the film is an actor. Everyone's doing the same thing. They are acting in the film. They want to do their best to make the, the best product that they can. So all of a sudden, you know, you have this group of actors over here who you've worked with before and who aren't union and you know who they are and they know who you are. And then you have this actor over here who's a little bit kind of known in certain circles. I found myself at night talking to my girlfriend going, okay, um, now after I shoot a scene with this person, do I have to take him out to dinner? Do I have to do this? And all of a sudden I found myself going, oh my God, this entire production for me, it's going to be about this actor. It's not even about my movie anymore. It's about, all I'm thinking about is this actor on what they're going to like. How do I, how do I please this person? You know what? And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not even thinking about my film anymore as a whole. I'm thinking about this actor that's going to be there for three days. And then I'm like, that's crazy. That's just insane. You know, I wasn't thinking about that before, but now I'm thinking about, I'm like, no, I should be focused on my film. And every actor is the same. So no one should stand out. Everyone's here. It's an ensemble piece and that is it. So no one should have, you know, in my opinion, no one should be treated any better than anyone else. I don't care if you have a lot of, you know, credits under your belt. It's, we're all here together working on the same film. That's it. What's your projection for when the movie will come out? 
So for me, I'm guessing we'll start shooting in January. It's a 17-day shoot, possibly August. So maybe okay. a year from now, everything should... That's the way I'm saying it. So August. That's what I'm going to go for, August. Okay, we won't hold you to it, Mark. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Once everything's edited, I'm sure, I'm sure my editor and my DPs, they're going to listen to this and go, he told them August. He told them August. What's wrong with it? <laughs> Papers are flying in the air. What is it yeah. in August? Don't let them on podcast. Don't let them talk. <laughs> really, that's... Yeah. So while all this is going on with the prepping of this movie, you actually started writing another show. Yeah, that's um, it's crazy out there. Was the series that um, I had written because, like I said, I wrote five twenty one North Main Street. We were supposed to go out last April. We got sidetracked by COVID, so I was just sitting at home doing nothing. Really, not going to work. Nothing. Really, just sitting in the house. And feel, really feeling sorry for myself. If uh, if I was really depressed, I think I would have just sat here and ate everything. But instead, I sat in the office and just said, I've got to write something else just to write something. And I don't care what it is because it really doesn't matter. And let's give yourself some rules. And I actually gave myself rules on it. None of the episodes can be shorter than 15 pages and no, n- could it be as long as 30 pages? So I'm like, okay. So I gave myself those rules and I just started writing things and it became entertaining. And then all of a sudden, you know, that first episode was written. I'm like, oh, I have an episode now. Now what do I do with this? I'm like, well, I never shot a movie before. And you know, when this COVID thing is finally over, or if it ever ends, are we, you know, we're going to go shoot a movie. I want to at least have some kind of idea of how things work on a set and stuff. So, you know, I decided, you know, we're going to shoot the first episode. I was going to shoot the first episode by myself and no experience. But then as I looked into it more, I'm like, I can't shoot this. I don't know how to shoot. I don't even know where to begin. So that's when I hired the crew to come in. And um, just so I can get some, just some practice, I call it the expensive practice. <laughs> it was take the loan out and then, you know, just learn how to do what you're doing. So that's what we did. We took a loan. We shot that first episode. We didn't even tell our producer, our executive producer from um, 520 North Main Street what we were doing because we wanted to surprise him. So we shot that one episode, you know, and then we told him what we did and we showed him a little bit and he was like, why did you come to me for money? Where'd you get this money? Like we took out a loan. He was like, what are you nuts? We're like, he's like, you want to shoot two more? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can shoot two more. And, you know, we shot the, the next two. So now, like I said, we finished the first episode. It's all cut. We're going to lay down some music to it. And we're going to see if we can sell it to Netflix or Amazon like that. And if none of that works, then we'll just throw them on YouTube and say, hey, this is what we did <laughs> for a few months. And it was fun. But like I said, we, I just wanted to do it just to get the practice. So when I finally do get on a set to film a f- movie... I don't crack under the pressure and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting that you set constraints for yourself doing it's crazy out there. Because then, you know, when you make the movie, you know that, you know, a little bit more about pace, I guess. And you know that this isn't going to be like a four and a half hour movie. <laughs> right. Where it's like, you know, it's gone with the wind and like, has this movie ended yet? <laughs> oh, five times North Main Street. Yeah, we had to scale that one down. So right now it's at 90, it's staying steady at 92 pages. So it's been there for a while. So that's a good place to be. And you want it to be like an hour and a half, you know. I had one version of it was 70-something pages. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? This is way too short. And my makeup guy was like, it's a little bit light, huh? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit light. I'll get it there. Don't worry. And, you know, sure enough, it gets there. It used to be 140, like, original drafts were like 140 pages. And then over the years, cut it down, get it bigger. And all of a sudden, 
here we are at 92. So it's a good place to be, in my opinion, for our script. Like you say, you, you don't think that you can pare something down, but then <laughs> the next thing you know, there it is, <laughs> down, down to what you need it at. Absolutely. Once you start reading it, just be, be honest with yourself. Just be honest. And then you'll see it. It's, it. I don't know, for me, it's in the very beginning, it's like, I can't do anything. That's it. That's the way it's going to be. But then if I sit back and like, it's like watching a TV show or watching a movie over and over again, you're going to find things in there and you're going to pick them out. And with the script, that's the same thing. At first I'm like, nope, it's fine the way it is. Then I'll read it over and over and over and go, oh, don't need that. That's set on this page can change this to this. That character can go away. Don't need that anymore. Why is this person dead? Why did I need to kill him? What was the reason? This, why? Let's bring him back. You know, if I bring him back here, then this problem I'm having on page 40 can easily go away with, if I bring this character back on page 10. It's really kind of weird, but it's like this butterfly effect. Some people, like my girlfriend's a producer on this, and we were having a meeting one day. Me, her, Bill, our executive producer, and they don't write or anything like that. They have nothing to do with film, but um, they were throwing suggestions out. They're like, well, blah, blah, this, and you can do this and this and that. And I just sat there and in my head, I'm like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. They don't understand. Then when it was all over, you know, later on I was with Jen, like the other producer, my girlfriend, I'm like, when you say this, this, and this, it sounds really just cut and dry. Like it's very easy. I'm like, but in my mind, this is what's happening. And I explained to her how it works in my mind. It's like, you know, if you take this away here, then something on page 20 is not going to work. It's just like this butterfly effect. Things are affecting these things over here. It's like this domino thing, you know, you know, Saigon will fall eventually. I'm like, so that's what you're, you're doing. I'm like, when, you, when you're saying this, she's like, oh, I get it. Thank you for explaining it. I'm like, yeah, that, that's it. I'm like, it helps, but like in the very beginning, you're throwing all these things in my head, so it's trying to piece it all together. Like, That's not going to work. That won't work. That won't work. That won't work. It's like a Rubik's Cube. It's constantly just trying to make it work, make it work. You know, you're doing the ultimate boyfriend experiment here that you're, <laughs> you're navigating <laughs> making a movie with your girlfriend as a producer. <laughs> yeah, it, what's great about her is she's, she's really not that involved. Like I said, she's not into film at all. She got, she basically brokered the deal. You know, she's into real estate. The, our executive producer is a real estate person. She works for the company. He likes film <laughs> and he knew that I wrote. So he asked, Hey, does Mark, does Mark write screenplays? And I actually just had that screenplay. And she was like, he has this one and that's how it started. So that's why she's a producer, but I'll wake up in the morning. And the first thing I want to do is talk shop. I just want to talk film. I just want to talk all about it. And I'll be up for hours before she's awake and then when she wakes up, it's not like I can just say, hey, let's talk film. She won't do it. She doesn't <laughs> want to know about it. She doesn't want to talk about it. It's just not her. And she's like, it's not my thing. She's like, I'm so sorry. But when it comes time for a script, I can sit down and read her a script. So it really has nothing of her being produced. She just steps in as the girlfriend and says, I'll listen to that. And then she'll give me her opinion, not as a producer, just as the girlfriend, just as a person listening to the script. So that helps a lot. But other than that, you know, she doesn't, there's nothing unless we have a meeting and she'll throw things out. It's like, well, we should change this. Maybe I'm like, what? No, no, we can't do that. So yeah. hey, if you win a big award, you know, you say, well, I slept with the producer. So it was the producer. that was it. That was it. It was real easy. These two projects are going to keep you busy for like the next two years. I would presume so between that, the creation and the promotion, anything else that yeah. you need to do after that. It's so think about it, I'm like, wow. Yeah. 
if that's what it's going to do, it's going to keep me busy all these years. You always hear about people saying, oh, you know, I only have five years left. You know, in my mind too, I'm like, well, I'm 50 now. So I'm doing my first film now. So yeah, it's going to take about two years to do everything. So I wonder how long I have. I wonder how many films I have left if I can keep on going. Woo, I don't know. But yeah, I guess yeah, when you break it down, like a good two years. Yeah, it's something I didn't think about when I started. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'll just get it done, then it'll be out. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. But in my mind, it does. And other people are like, no, we can't do that. Like I remember I was talking to the person doing the music one day and I had come up with these lyrics. But I came up with the lyrics in my head. Maybe it took me a half hour. So then, so I'm like, oh, that's the melody. That's how it'll go. And I called him and we talked about it. And I remember like a couple of days later, I called him and I'm just like, how's that song coming? He's like, I haven't even started yet, man. <laughs> Going other things like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Got it. So I got to wait, you know, my mind, I'm, I'm always jumping ahead. I, I need to be more patient. Yeah. And you never know, there may be other projects coming along in those next two years. So. And there are already projects that I have, scripts that I've already started. And now it's, now it's going to be out getting money too do those i want to learn how kickstarter works that's my that's my big thing too i want to do a kickstarter campaign figure out how it works so i'm gonna look into that next his name is mark morales he is a writer and director and we're going to keep an eye open for 521 north main street and it's crazy out there uh when we see things on your social media if you can let me know and i'll put it on my social media at your pollution and uh, we'll let all the rebels know all about it yeah check out our website at high five you can see things about um, it's crazy out there there's a terrible trailer on there we have a newer trailer that we haven't put out yet but yeah you, you can check it out there their production pictures and stuff like that but nothing for 521 north main street yet okay but, so say that name of the website again so people know. High Five and Ants Productions.com. Okay. Mark Morales, thanks so much for coming on the show. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We're on that internet thingy at SherPollution.com. Thanks so much for listening to the Sherpa Screening Room. And a special thanks to our guest this week, Mark Morales. Be sure to check out his movie when it hits the screen, whether it's a big screen or a little screen or a humongous screen. Or a little tiny screen. I, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. And you know what? Next week, let's make it three for three with the Sherpa Screening Room before we hop back into too many podcasts. Next week, we get to talk to a guy named John Vorhouse. And John is a comedy writer. And I love having conversations with comedy writers. Those seem to be the most fun conversations that I have whenever I do these interviews. And John was definitely no exception, really enjoyable. He's written an episode of Charles in Charge, Married with Children, Head of the Class, and he's worked internationally as well. And he teaches and he talks about comedy. So I really learned a lot talking to him. And I think you'll be fascinated by what you're going to hear next week. So that'll be John Vorhouse. And if you want to hear more of this, check out the website, SharePollution.com or any of your favorite podcast apps. I'm there. I promise you I'm there. And if you want to follow me on social media, drop me a line. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. How about that? SharePollution, that's the word you need to know. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And I'm even getting into TikTok. I know. I'm not dancing. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's just little videos and cute things and stuff like that. Also, if you can, especially you, all you new listeners out there on the Helium Radio Network, how about... Dropping me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher.com, or iHeartRadio, just to let everybody know that they should be joining the Sharpolution too. If you can do that, I would greatly appreciate it. And follow the show wherever you're listening. It only takes a second to click that follow button, as long as it's got a follow button. And if you can't find it, let me know. Drop me a line, and I will find a follow button for you. I promise I will make it my life's mission. 
don't make me go out on that mission. But if I have to, I will. Just for you. You, the one that's listening. Not, not you with the hat. The one next to you that's listening. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Bruce, we've got one more Sherpa screening room to go. I better get the big bucket of popcorn for next week. See you guys next time. And viva la Sherpa Lucian. Thanks for listening to the Sherpa Screening Room. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. I'm Mr. Bruce, and this has been a Sherpa Loose Studios production. Viva la Sherpa Lucian.